this episode of Opinion Time is not spoiler free. This is going to be episode two of Opinion Time. Uh, I got my good friend Brandon here, uh, closer to me in Ohio. Both of us freezing right now, but we uh, all of our time spent indoors watching these films. We can uh, let you guys know how we feel. Two people whose opinions you should definitely not take, but we will definitely still tell them to you. So first off, have you seen anything good recently, Brandon? I recently watched uh, a movie called Mother from Darren Aronofsky and another and a remake of Suspiria from uh, like main actors like Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, and a bunch of other act- actresses. And those were just pretty messed up movies I saw as a celebration from me and my girlfriend for our Valentine's Day because we gotta make the me- we gotta make the days memorable memorable somehow. So, what possessed you to show your uh, girlfriend mother? Well, it's because I always want to watch something w- with my girlfriend, like, as a theme of, like, messed up movies. So, I was like, you know what? I already seen Mother. So, I was like, you know what? Let's just rewatch Mother. And then, knowing the fact I want to see Suspiria, and I want to see the remake because it's just from a director that I enjoyed, like, Call Me By Your Name, which was a great gay romance movie. And I just want to watch Suspiria for a very long time. And I finally got to watch both of them. And I was like, yeah, those are really good movies and pretty messed up on their own way. Now, I have not seen Suspiria, the original or the remake. But uh, did wasn't I in the theater with you when we saw Mother for the first time? Uh, yes, we did. It was because it was a group of us. We went to go see Mother because I actually did want to see it. And I think like some of us were did we're looking forward to the movie based on the trailers alone it was and, for your birthday wasn't it i believe so yeah because yeah, my girlfriend bought your ticket as a birthday present yeah I, I remember that and so we were just watching because i just want to see it very much and i remember at the beginning we were just kind of like this is slow but what but when it gets more crazier and crazier and the point goes to the scene where it's just like too much that's when like you you're <laughs> You, our friend, just like uh, walked off the theater while me and your girlfriend were just sitting here just watching the movie. I hear I want to I want to dug in deep how much I hated this film. Brandon, what did I stand up and do as I walked out of the theater? Gave the movie two middle fingers <laughs> because you really just did not want to see that scene at all. Apparently, I thought the entire film was atrocious. Hey, your opinion gets mine, because my opinion is just really different for yours, because I really, really enjoyed that movie very much. But I understand if it's not your thing. Hell, it's not anybody's thing in terms of this movie. Yeah, it. a lot of people did not like it. And I get how there's all these different hidden meanings, but it. The, here's the thing. You can have a film with underlining meanings, but that doesn't make it a good film. A good film with underlining meanings is a good film. A shit film with underlining meanings is still a shit film. <clears throat> and that's understandably so. 
you have your reasons and I have mine. My reason is just I just thought Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem were fantastic in it. I thought like it felt like you were in a nightmare that you couldn't get out of, and the fact it gets more crazier and crazier makes it seem like how much like this movie really takes risk. And the fact that we were watching in theaters when we get like the typical kind of movies you watch in theaters that are like Ray R, but doesn't go too hard. It's quite, it's quite something to experience once, once you get to see it or something like that. So I understand if it's not like for you, and I know it's not for a lot of people. It's just, it's not for everybody, as I already said. But I enjoy for what it was. That's my opinion. Yeah, and duly noted. Um, let's see. Yesterday I was I, I still have strep. That's why we're doing this from two separate places. Uh, but yesterday I was feeling atrocious, and, and after I got out of the hospital and started taking my antibiotics, I uh, sat down, turned on the projector, and I watched uh, Starship Troopers, and I watched uh, the Butterfly Effect. I have seen Starship Troopers. I remember that was actually a fun movie. And there was like a video game that kind of was inspired by that, which is also a fun game. Um, I've never seen the butterfly flag. I know that's the one with Ashley Kutcher in it for some reason. So how was that movie? Um, I I watched it for the first time when I was like nine or ten, and it's not a film you should watch when you're when you're nine or ten. But I liked it then. I really did. Uh, the difference, though, and this is what really messes with you, is we had it on VHS, so I guess we had the theatrical version. Uh, the version me and my girlfriend watched was the director's cut, so they have two completely different endings. And you've seen the original and the director's cuts of the version? Yeah. And and which one's better? It depends. Do you like happy endings or do you like uh, uh, sad endings? It depends on how well it's executed. They're both executed pretty well in my opinion. I'm a person who likes the movie very much and uh, I liked both endings. Okay. So are you gonna are you gonna watch this movie? Um, I have been wanting to see it for while and maybe whenever I have the time to go see it I will probably would give it a watch to see okay so I won't tell you anything maybe we'll do it in one of the future episodes of opinion time but uh I would I would give it a watch I would just uh watch the director's cut and then I would watch the theatrical just the ending because and, go ahead because the only difference is the last five minutes okay because the only thing that just put me uh, like puts me off that from not wanting to see the movie is Ashton Kutcher because I just feel like he probably feels miscast or just seems like he's in the wrong movie or something. So that just kind of put me off guard. I I personally from the the from the you know a dozen or so times I've seen it since I was nine, I I've never had an issue with his acting. I think he does pretty good in it. Well, that's good. I mean, I would not know about the movie besides the fact that Ashton Kutcher is in it, and I thought the premise is somewhat interesting. Um, I know it got a, a very high uh, score for the audience, but critics did not like it. 
but I feel like when it comes to movies that focus on time travel, uh, critics get way too lost in the uh, the science part of it, and that affects how they feel about the film. Mm, not necessarily. I'm sure there's some time travel movies that are like the critics are not necessarily lost in it. It just, I guess, just depends on like how well it's presented here. Well, it was like when I was looking up today, Siskel and Ebert, I can't remember which one, I was reading their review, and the first thing they started talking about was how the time travel didn't make any sense for certain things and how it... So, it's like, I feel like people are getting too caught, the critics are on on the semantics of it instead of just enjoying the film. Because he said he liked it, it's just that one part that bugged him. It's like it just it's it's a, it's a movie. It can be a good film and not not be you know it doesn't need to be a hundred percent accurate. I mean we don't even know how time travel works, so you know there's no way to know. But so do you want to go ahead and get into this? Yeah, let's do this. Okay, today on Opinion Time we are going to be discussing. Now I, I would like to stress this: it had a budget of twenty million. It made back ten million. It for the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards of two thousand five. It won the worst picture. <laughs> it won the worst actress. It won the worst special effects, <laughs> and won the worst director. Today on Opinion Time, we are going to be discussing UA Bowls. 2005's Alone in the Dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we, I got a lot to say about that movie, but hey. So, okay. Just let to start off, I saw this movie for the first time when I was like eight, and I caught it in the middle, and I thought it was The Relic, which is a very good horror, horror movie, monster movie from the 90s. So I kept watching it and I finished it. I liked it a lot and I rewatched it for this, uh, this talk and I still like it. Do you like it in like so bad as good or do you legit like it? I would have to say in a so bad it's, it's good. Um, because even though I can see what's wrong with it, I still like it. it. It's it's. I like it. it I, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. But um, why don't you, why don't you tell me how you feel? <laughs> oh, you thought it was so bad. It's good. Okay, well, it makes sense because it just almost seemed like you liked it, legitimately liked it. And I was like, uh, what is wrong with you? But for me personally, I'm I've never seen. I never played the video game series, so I have no knowledge of the video game series. But why gather from watching this movie, I always feel like it was like, okay, this has nothing to do with video game series. I feel like it's not this overly complicated and then not complicated at all. Well, hold on. It does have some things in common with the video games. First off, in all of the games, the main character's name is Edward Canterby. Okay. So they have that in common. Please tell me that's please tell me that's not the only thing they have in common. <laughs> well, they have also in the fourth game, it's it's 
talks about him working with a special uh, unit called 713, which is in the movie. And in the fourth game, they the creatures that survive in night and can be hurt with daylight and are invisible. That's everything that is in common. So those three or four things you said, the only things that are in that actually have connection to the game, the series? Yes. <laughs> that is, okay. It is, it is a very loose interpretation of Alone in the Dark 4. Yeah, that sounds very, very loose. Knowing the fact, I feel like this has, if that's all we got, then yeah, this is definitely like not even close to what even represents the video game, what makes them, I suppose, famous, uh, really good on their own terms. So for me personally, I do think this is a horrible movie. I can't say whether it's like so bad it's good because there are some subs I'm just like, I don't care. I don't give a shit what's going on. The acting is just really bad. To the point it does feel very funny. And the plot just like goes everywhere and then goes nowhere for no reason whatsoever um it feels like it takes like a bunch of movies that we would rather be watching than this and put them on into one movie that doesn't uh, I, I i get what you mean the whole time i was watching this and i would notice things like you're talking about because because Juve bowl is like this huge cinema fan and i'm I'm doing this Russian accent in my head and pretending I'm him, and, I, and this is what I imagine is happening. Like, they're telling him what he can and can't do in his movie, and he'll be like, no, no, no. Big American action movie. Lots of explosions. Sex. That sounds like something that Michael Bay would do, but the thing is, though, Michael Bay is good what he does. Uwe Bolt- oh, no, it's like... Uwe Boy, he's like, he's like, I make big American movie, lots of explosions and sex and guns and more sex and big American movie, like, like the one scene. There's a scene where they they just got done having sex and all of a sudden these zombies rush into his apartment and so does all the other things. So and he kills his best friend who he grew up with because he's a zombie. And uh, like the, it literally, Tara Reid looks at him and he goes, "I just killed John." And then all of a sudden, it cuts to black, and like this heavy death metal starts, and like it's just guns firing and these monsters and zombies. And then out of nowhere, the guys from Seven Thirteen, the government agency, are in his apartment too, and they're all shooting and being killed and. And there's these monsters, and it's just, and it's just more dead. Which I was just like watching these people, like I was like, one like, why is Christian Slater in this? Wasn't like Tara Reid? I was supposed, I heard she was like really good American Pie. Stephen Dorff, I've seen him in that um, one of the movies I've seen called Somewhere, directed by Sofia Coppola, and he was so good in that movie that I was like, why is he playing this? generic asshole general kind of guy who just has a thing with Christian Slayer's character for no reason whatsoever but just to be an asshole towards him and then they just now act like they're just completely good buddies now all of a sudden it's like 
Okay. It's because Juve Bull, like I said, he's making a big American action movie, so he doesn't take the steps to intertwine everything. He just goes, he's like, you, you save this guy, now you're friends. Big American action movie. It's just like, and it just makes me wonder how does he keep making money out of this, despite the fact that he keeps making box office bomb after bomb after bomb. So I'm just like wondering, it's like, well, how is it we give him a chance? And yeah, there's like great movies out there that ends up being a failure and don't get the sequel that we could have got from it. But we still give movie bulls of money and make more movies out of it. It's like, okay. Because Uwe Bull's movies end up being so bad that they make their money back with DVD sales. Okay, that one I do believe, because I do feel like it's one of those things where the movie's so bad, I just want to see it for myself to see why, why is it so bad. I mean, hell, that's why we what, that's why we decided to do this podcast because and watch this movie, because I've never seen the first, this movie before in my life, and I always heard about how bad this is. And I want to watch it for myself, and I completely understand why it's so bad. It's. Can I also make another point as to why Juve Bull gets to keep making movies? Uh, go ahead, man. See what you can think of. Do you really do you really expect the Sci-Fi Channel to make all their content as bad as it is by themselves? I don't know. I mean, I'm. Because that the first time I ever saw it when it was halfway through was on the Sci-Fi Channel. And in fact. I'm pretty sure every time I've ever seen a Juve Bull movie for the first time, it was on the Sci-Fi Channel. I bet. It, it, it has, like, the same kind of qu- effects quality as, like, the Asylum films. But unlike... But comparing that to the Asylum films, the Asylum films, they're just intentionally bad. But they're just trying to be enjoyable how kooky it is. While for Alone in the Dark, it's taking itself too serious for its own good to the point it just seems like it's just baffling how we how any of us like think like does anyone not realize that he that he's trying to make a serious movie and not try to tell him that what he's making is complete garbage in this extent yeah so here's another part okay do you remember in the beginning where uh, Christian Slater gets in the, the martial arts fist fight with the giant, bald, uh, Nazi-looking dude. I want to say he looked like a Nazi, but he did look like he was possessed, at least. It, and all of a sudden, it just started playing, like, Asian music of all of a sudden. It's like kung fu music. <laughs> I'm just like... Yeah, and all of a sudden, Christian Slater knows martial arts, and he's, like, kung fu fighting this guy. I know... <laughs> When it was like playing, I was like, is this a kung fu movie or something? Uh, and I was like, okay, so what, you want me, is, this is remind me of like Jackie, Jackie Chan's or Jet Li movies. I'm like, okay, I'd rather watch that. Or Bruce Lee of all things. I mean, Christian, this, the fight choreography is like so ridiculous. Oh no, the fight, the fight choreography is, is, uh, is hilarious. It's hilarious how bad, hilarious how batshit it is. And the fact there's one time where the bald head guy was grabbing onto the, this object thing that Christian Slayer's character was holding onto, and all of a sudden he just starts like rising his body up and starts kicking his, kicking 
the object out of his hand so he could grab it. I'm just like, are you, are you sick? This is the movie we're going to be watching. Yes. Now, did you notice? Okay. So when Christian Slater is running away from him, he runs up this little box of fruit that is literally just an open crate of fruit to get up to the platform. And then at the end of the scene, Christian Slater kicks the dude and he falls off and he falls into the exact same crate. Only out of nowhere, the crate has a giant pipe coming out of it that impales the guy that was not there two minutes before. And the thing is, though, is that before then, he was, like, shooting him, like, five times, starts kicking him all around, and nothing affects him. And yet, when he gets stabbed by this convenient thing that just impales him, all of a sudden he's dead. How I don't understand how that makes any logical sense in that sort of... What? <laughs> And it doesn't. And then the worst part is, you don't find out why that guy got was able to take so many bullets until like 50 minutes into the movie. Yeah, because it turns out like bullets, regular bullets, don't affect him at all. But then, then he went up. Uh, Christian Slayer went up to this doctor who said, or your doctor or CIA agent or something like that, and he was like, "Okay, we'll give you these." special bullets that affect them like in lights over would give you basically light bullets and and that's the only way to like defeat the creature despite the fact that like we don't we don't know how this is the weakness we don't I, we don't even know how they even found that that out or even make light bullets out light bullets at all it's just like oh we just gave you these special bullets and just like here you go, here you go, man. Here you go. Make some good use out of it. Yeah, like, like, ten minutes previously, they met at a cafe just to talk, and the, the 713 agent, he's like, I could get in a lot of trouble for talking to you. And, like, 20 minutes later, Christian Slater steals Steven Dorff's ID card and goes into the lab and meets him. And he's like, here, here is uh, a giant grenade launching assault weapon with like 3,000 rounds of this special custom-made ammunition. Here you go. Take it home. It's just so mind-boggling how, like, they when they do something really stupid, they do another stupid thing that just blows my mind. Like, we don't even know, because from Tara Reid's character, she's been waiting for her boyfriend i believe or fiance for three weeks i think and he's been like missing and he never really explained why he was missing or what led him to be missing it just he just didn't give a shit about his girlfriend and decided to just you know it's just i'm just gonna do my own thing if you're gonna worry about me it's fine i don't give a shit about you just as of right now until it's when it's convenient for the movie I would also like to add, okay, so the the, uh, the the sex scene with him and Tara Reed, it starts off with him laying completely flat and her on top of him, like grinding into him. Like it straight up looks like Tara Reed is, is, is trying to make sweet love to Christian. Like, I'm pretty sure Uwe Boll got confused and thought Tara Reed had a dick. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, he's like, how are you going to make sweet love to him from the bottom? Get on top. I, and I swear, the set plays of itself looked like a fucking porn, porn idea. It almost looked like it was introducing itself to a porn video. 
hell, there was one time I saw when Christian Slater was just like all of a sudden just like taking his shirt off, and I'm like, oh, I, this looks like a star of a porno here. And I saw like there was there was a crate behind him, and also I saw something moving like it was a camera, and then I was like wondering, like, is that person is is it is there someone behind them? Is it is it just like a creature or something? No, that was that was somebody with a yeah. camera. And once I once I once it went to the next thing, I was like. So it was just a person with a camera. I was like, what? I was just lost it because I was like, why? How could they make this bad of a mistake? And Oh, no, you think that's bad. There's a scene in the movie where you can see one of the characters on the sidelines in in view who doesn't know it's it's their turn to come on to the scene. And then you hear someone like wave to her and like she nods, and then she walks on and starts her thing, and they kept all of it. Are you serious? I didn't see that part. <laughs> when was what? Ugh. And also the chemistry between Christian Slayer and Tara Reid. Uh, what chemistry? I honestly just—I didn't give a shit about Andy's characters. I didn't give a shit about. Him being a dumbass, I didn't give a shit about her being a clumsy clod, basically. I, it's just ridiculous. It's, I swear, and it just, it blows my mind, I swear. It, and once we get to the fight scene, and then all of a sudden I start playing heavy metal music, I'm just like, this is the most unfitting music I have ever heard in an action scene where it's like going just going like heavy music heavy metal music here it's so deep and it's so rad and so cool and I'm just like no I'm sorry I'm sorry movie the worst part is leading up to that Tara Reed he doesn't want to kill his best friend John who is now a zombie and Tara and then he ends up ends up killing him and like he doesn't even show any emotion. He literally looks at her and says, I just killed John. And then cue death metal music. Yeah, and then they're just shooting at sh- shooting a bunch of people. And I was like, uh, I know there's like 20 people, 20 or 19 people that were affected with this stuff. And I feel like, okay, I guess they're going all with all this army here. And, th- and you just don't even know which one's like an actual person or if this person's possessed. And there's one time... <laughs> that Stephen Dorff was about to be attacked by a person behind behind him and Christian Slayer was like what, behind uh, behind you and starts shooting him uh, start, not him but the person behind him and then the and the bullet just like went right above the person where he's this person was being shot at when really it's supposed to be towards him so either she she got shot from somewhere else or that no, no, I know what you're talking about. The bullet missed her, but she had to pretend like she was shot, and they just kept Basically, the scene. I think it was because it was actually CGI. So, a computer fake, because there's no way that's like a natural bullet. So, that so for the fact that even made that mistake, is just kind of a new kind of level of dumb. And once that it was over, you just like wonder like, what did this? Okay, so what's what they're going to do next now? And so they're going to do this treasure hunt. And I was like, okay, now we're doing we're doing a treasure hunt kind of movie. 
Okay, and there's actually, okay, we're doing this kind of action movie scene. It's like, okay, I'd rather watch Aliens. Thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. I want to watch Aliens on that one. Uh, they're doing, they're doing where they ha- have to like go through this maze of some kind, where there's like warning saying like, hey, you know, this is dangerous. Come, like, go back or something. And yeah, when they were in the underground maze, like you were talking about the the ancient ruins of the Abkhani. I, I swear to God, I was waiting for the giant ball to come down and chase after them. Might as well, since it basically was just ripping off every single famous movie out there. I mean, yeah, yeah. And there was one time, I remember, there was doing like a quote-unquote suspense for scene where it was like in the museum where it was just a bunch of flickering lights going on. I'm just like... This is not a bunch of monsters. This is just a bunch of pranksters just basically turn off and on the light just to like screw with someone, just to freak out the security card. He's like, "What's what's what's going on? This is so scary." And I'm just like, "This is not scary. This is just silly." And then when that person just basically died, it's just the most fake, fakest CGI I've, fakest CGI death scene I've seen. And I was like, yeah, that person... I'm not convinced that this person basically is getting killed by this creature. And so when they were in this underground area, it, one time there was like... Um, one guy was tra- uh, in a trap and fell down to his death. And they, were actually, and they actually went fucking down there. just to, I think just to make sure that he was okay or something. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm... Um, just, I guess, just to make sure if he's okay, let's just make go down there and just see if it's okay. And one time, Christian Slade, I remember his character was like, oh, I don't think we're supposed to be here. And I'm just like, well, n- no shit, dude. What did you expect when you're in, filled with traps, filled with, like, creatures, filled with, like, Abkhani language, which, oh yeah, by the way, is the Abkhani creature, are those actually from the video game series? Um, I don't, here's the thing, the Abkhani is the lost Native American tribe, the creatures have a different name, and I can't remember, I know that there's some creatures, I just can't remember what they look like, it's been so long since I played Alone in the Dark 4. I just feel like this movie just makes shit up as it goes on. So, with it they being up high, I'm assuming it's like, oh, okay, this is just like a person who is fucking high off his ass, smoking pineapple express. Be like, dude, you know, let's just make, let's just name this creature like, uh, the Abkhani. Why? I don't know. It just sounds very threatening. Uh, the the backstory of it. Oh, let's just make it from like historian from the Aryan civilization times or something, some shit like that. It's just. And if I remember, wasn't there a weakness like the light? Yeah, they they uh, they live in the darkness. Yeah, which just makes sense with the movie being titled Alone in the Dark. However, I've seen like. 20 times where the creatures were in complete light and it doesn't affect them at all so there's just no point to that really being the case here um 
there was one time I saw they're uh, they're going on the ground level, and then there's a, and one that one of the agents were about to get squished, and so once they jump, all of a sudden she her bone was showing, which looked fake, obviously, and then all of a sudden there's a snake creature going up to about to bite her, and I was just like, uh, what are you guys? I'm sorry, what are you guys doing? Uh, shoot her, shoot it, uh, shoot it, uh, what, what are you guys doing? Shoot it, shoot, uh, okay, okay, she's dead now, okay, alright, best agents in the world here, just letting a person die, okay, makes sense to me. Yeah, no, I, I saw that, when the little snake, uh, face hugger type things are coming out of the sand. Uh, which reminds me alien all of a sudden, but... Uh, whatever, I don't even care at that point. And once I got to this area where it seems like, are we gonna get into spoilers here? Yeah, 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 we're doing a full discussion. Alright, so <clears throat> they're going to this <laughs> room where it seems like all the experimentation happened on Christian Slater's character and like 1900 kids. And I was just like, Wait, this is supposed to be twist? Didn't we already figure this out at the beginning of the movie where there's a bunch of like scientists saying like, "Hey, we need to do." Yeah, and they they literally say in the beginning in the opening text that the doctor experimented on orphan children, implanting them with like literally. We know from the first ten seconds that Christian Slater has been experimenting. Yeah, and and the reason why he doesn't get the same effect as the other people is because. He was hiding in like pretty much the one of the most dangerous places you can be. He might as well just be covered in barbed wire and just be safe there. I'm sure he'd be safe there from the people who's trying to experiment on him. And so, and so because electrical, it affected his, affected the thing that caused him to that would cause him to become one of the zombies and just kind of deactivate. Why he still has the kung fu power, a kung fu powers i have no idea i'm assuming maybe it's just one of those after effects ordeals from being experimented on and so when the quote-unquote twist happened and i'm just and they go to this area where they had to open this door and it's a special kind of door and they need a key which they had this from a while back which is what christian slayer was holding that was being attacked by the bald-haired fuck. So, and all of a sudden, we got this scene where the scientist guy, the, I don't know, I don't know what he was, he worked at the museum, and he was trying to look for the treasure, or, yeah, look for the treasure, the key, and then all of a sudden, he hit, he hid a creature to do some experiments on and transfer the monster's blood into his own system. What that did to him, I guess maybe super strength, I'm assuming, but... Well, yeah, they never explained that. Like, you see him in a room... Like, in the middle of the movie, you see him in a secret room and one of the monsters in a crate, and he takes blood out of it and injects it into his veins, and then they never, ever go back to that. And then towards the end of the movie, he's commanding an army of the creatures... So maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe I have no clue. They never go back Actually, to it. Yeah, that would be the case because I thought there was a scene where he was like, 
just standing there in this hole and there's this creature is going after the the main characters while he's just pretty much standing there like a cliche villain usually typically does and so he was just shooting at them and i swear i felt like he was doing like a a slight accident on a schwarzenegger of all people it's like for 20 for 20 years i've come for this door it's like get to the get to the monsters it's like okay really we're doing this fine let's just see how this goes and Steven Dorf just like throws a knife at the best underhanded knife throw I've ever seen in my life and then he just and this guy just didn't give a shit just just going like ah I'm dead I'm dying oh woe is me and then of course the door still opens and it turns out that the entire uh, underneath the surface of the earth is just one giant cavern filled with millions of these monsters. And apparently the only way to for them to get out somehow is... And here's the weird part, okay? So he wants to get to these monsters, but he cannot open this door without the piece. Okay? Then how is there a bunch of these monsters already out on the surface? And we'll get to that, because what they try to do to, cre- to beat the creatures, supposedly, is like Stephen Dorff had a bomb, a C4 bomb or something like that. He put out, put in this hive area, but then he was like, but and they try to close the door, and then Stephen Dorff tries to uh, get out with Christian Slayer Terry, but then he's like, it tries to activate, detonate it, and it's like shit. This is not working because it's so far away. I had to get closer to it, so he runs back into this area where the hive, where the creatures are, stands there for like a while, just shoot them. I'm just like, dude, just leave. Why don't you just leave, and then just lay the bombs there, let, runs, and then detonates it. And supposedly, I guess he might have sacrificed himself. He did. Because it's a big American action movie. You have to sacrifice yourself. I don't know, because I saw there was like a part where we saw the aftermath where he was on the floor. I might have saw the director's cut, honestly. uh, Or on Ray version. He was on the floor, just covering dust and dirt. And all of a sudden, you could hear like coughs from him. So I was like, okay, he's still alive then. But then it was never addressed afterwards. So I'm going to assume for the fact that he might be dead. But if so... Well, here's my here's my thing. They blew up that so that they would close the opening so the monsters couldn't get out. Okay. Obviously, there's other openings if these monsters have been the villains on the surface for the whole fucking movie. <laughs> if there's only one way for them to get to the surface and it was only opened recently and in in literally in front of you at the ending of the movie, then how the fuck are they the main villains in the whole fucking movie? Beats fucking me uh, uh, at this point. And okay, you blew up the opening, so now it's closed. Okay, congratulations, Steven Dorff. You sacrificed yourself, it's all good. What about the other fucking opening that they've been using the whole fucking movie to get out and cause fucking mayhem? These are not the... Obviously, these are just not very smart people. At, but then again, who the fuck is? At, no one's smart. The creatures aren't smart. The characters aren't smart. The director himself is not even smart at this. 
So it's just a mindless kind of movie with no sense of intelligence in this film whatsoever. And then we get to- okay. And then- here you go. And then we get to this fucking ending here where this is the most surprising <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. So all of a sudden, there's evacuation. Okay. Okay. First of all, when did yes, this happen? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, the entire city, <laughs> like, and then it gives like, it says like thirty. What was it? Like twenty million people or some yeah. shit like that. Waited from the city, and it's completely vacant. But there's cars everywhere, so I guess people didn't take their cars with them. They just walked out of or the city. The creatures actually went after the people, but there was evacuation. But here's the thing, though: we never had this evacuation. Like it was, it was during night, and there was still no evacuation. So you're telling me that this evacuation took place in one fucking night, and somehow a lot of people. We don't even know if these people made it out alive. We don't even know they're dead. We don't even know they're alive. We don't even know if the creature. We don't even know where the creatures are. So, so for the fact that it basically took a few hours, maybe not even so, maybe less, for this evacuation to to take on full effect. Are you serious? I'm sorry. I might not know about evacuation, but I know it doesn't take a few fucking hours for this evacuation to be. Fully done. I feel like it'll take like maybe two or three days at best, but I would not know because I don't do. <laughs> I would not know, but I'm just feeling it would not take a few hours for evacuation to be done and over with. Okay, and then we get to my favorite part. Okay, at the very end, uh, Tara Reed and Christian Slater are walking through the empty city streets, and they're doing uh. Uh, Christian Slater's monologue and then all of a sudden he turn, they turn around and the camera like comes at them like an Evil Dead at the end of Evil Dead when Ash turns around and the camera just like it's implied that a monster got him but the thing is though is it's the middle of the day yeah in the middle of the day and it's the middle of the day their weakness is sunlight so but I feel like they were in a room and somebody tried explaining to UA Bull they said you Mr. Bull it's the middle of the day in this scene you can't do that that's their weakness and you know what UA Bull said it's like uh, no 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 big action this movie is a big American big American action movie it gets them it's ending plot twist everybody's no, no, shocked no, no. cut no, no, no. Big action movie. No, 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 no. This is just... This is... This is how it... This is how this movie's supposed to end. Big... Big... Big plot twist. If there was a twist... Mr. 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 Bull, how was that a plot twist? No, it... It gets them at the end. It's the camera. Like an Evil Dead. Other big American movie. The thing is, though, is before it... When the whole evacuation took effect... There was this music that make it seem like it's a very happy ending... Like a very like calming, soothing kind of way, and it doesn't fit with the. I'm sorry, but you're playing soothing, relaxing, happy music in an evacuation where people fucking died, and the creatures went up and abroad and started killing the people, and it was evacuation. And it's evacuation. You're putting happy music in a fucking evacuation. Are you crazy? Are you crazy, Uwe Ball? I- I'm sorry. Are you crazy? Because 
what sense of reality would that be the case where we start putting happy music in in a scene where people died? Yeah, let's just put. Let's because just put happy- you're supposed to think that the, the movie ended happy. That way, it's a big American plot twist when the monster gets them at the yeah, end. Let's just put happy music in a. Like, let's say, Marley and me. Let's put a happy song for Marley to die. Yeah, I'm sure that would, like, really will put effect on the emotional. Big, big, big American plot twist. Big American plot twist is that this sucks. Well, well, the and that would have been obvious from the get-go. Hold on. To be fair. To be fair. Was it really a plot twist if you could have seen it coming a mile away? Yeah. I don't know. No. And the thing is, though, what I've seen, well, what I read from, like, Nate the sequel, supposedly Christian Barnaby is still alive. Which one? I don't know. It's like this, the sequel, the Alone in the Dark 2. I, I didn't read much of it. I just know, like, if, like, the, the soldier guy was still, Stephen Dorff character was still alive. His character is not in the sequel. His character's name is not in the sequel. But Christian Barnaby is. And I don't know how he survived or if his girlfriend survived. I didn't look that deep into it because I just, at that point, I just didn't care. I just really just wanted this movie to be done and over with. So would you recommend this movie? I recommend this movie if you were drunk. I honestly do think this would be something to really make fun of. Just laugh at the stupidity of it. Yeah, that is funny to say because when I watched, I was hammered. Of course, you were fucking hammered. I loved it. I loved the movie. Like, I'll give it shit, but I recommend it. I loved it. Of course. Uh, of course. Would have been best if you watched it sober, man, because that way you'll be able to get an actual opinion. So be like, I was drunk while I was watching this, and I was enjoying it. It was great, man. It was fun. It was great. I recommend it. Jesus, man. So what are your closing thoughts? Well... I say this is definitely one of the worst video game adaptations I've seen. And if you want to like see a a video adaptation that's like better, watch Silent Hill, watch a Inter- Ace Attorney, watch or oh, barely yet just play the fucking game. Just barely playing the game because I'm sure it's way better than this piece of shit. I'm pretty sure any game of the series, even if they're really bad, I'm sure it's way better than this. Way way better than this movie. Okay, so my closing argument is this may have been a horror movie, but I still think the scariest thing in this movie was that Tara Reid played a scientist. Honestly, it seemed like she was playing, like, a, even though she was not playing it, she looked like she was, like, doing the stereotypical sexy librarian. Be like, ew, <laughs> you want to go to the duck section? We're going to go play some, read some books, adult books, wise. But for the museum, it's like, ooh, I'm gonna take you somewhere where the, where we call the adult attraction, the expedition was, mm. and it's just, yeah. and it, and it really did help with the case for her character, knowing the fact that there was that sex scene that seemed like I was basically watching, I guess, like a horrible porn video, but hey, yeah, okay, I think that's where we're gonna where we're gonna end it. Uh, tune in next week and you guys can see what uh, film we're going to be discussing Uh, yeah that's where we're going to end it have a good night see ya guys have fun